Now it's just all about response. Like when bad things happen, how do you choose to respond? Because it's a choice. When good things happen, how do you choose to respond? What's up, good people? Welcome to season three of the Dear Young Athlete podcast, where we talk to coaches and athletes about their journeys and what advice they would have for a younger version of themselves. I'm your host, Jacob Thompson. I am a speaker, author, recording artist, content creator, rare disease advocate, and an aspiring Paralympian. If you want to hear my story, check out Season 1, Episode 1. But enough about me. Let's meet our guest. Today, I'm joined by a very special guest. The man I'm speaking with today, he is a father. He is a football and track high school varsity coach. He's a former collegiate athlete. He's a teacher, which I actually have a story about. He's an FCA point person at his school. Above all that, he is a man of God, a man of faith. And uh, today is going to be a great conversation. So I'm excited, Coach. Without further ado, Coach Tracy Bird. What's happening? What's going on? Thank you, JT, for having me. Thank you. Hey, my pleasure. I'm excited. So I'm before I ask you anything, I'm going to start with this story. So I'm a youth pastor at my church. Every week on Sunday, I do a um, icebreaker question, question of the week. One week I asked, who is your favorite teacher? A lot of my students go to Washburn High School, where you're at. And I kid you not, every Washburn student said, Mr. Bird, Mr. Bird. And I'm thinking, like, who the heck is Mr. Bird? I need to meet this guy. I need to speak with him. And, man, less than a year later, here we are. Here we are. So I've been excited about this. Yes. Yeah, I mean, the kids, I mean, they help keep me. They help keep me grounded. Um, They let me know. If I'm doing the right thing, if I'm not doing the right thing, if I'm using the right words or not using the right words, so I lean on them heavily to keep me in to keep me right. Mm, I love it. Well, let's get into some of your story and how you ended up being where you are. And um, you know, you played college football, you coach football, you coach track. Mm-hmm. But where did it all begin for Tracy Bird and sports? You know, it was it was it was the eight year old on Forty Eighth and Columbus going to McCray Park every day, um, just playing football up there. Um, then I went to I went to Minneapolis Hale. Um, I got into some 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 trouble as a young person. Uh, so my mom was kind of like, "Hey, we're going to get you into a private school." So in fourth grade transferred to Pilgrim Lutheran School and was kind of like, like, what is this 
school? Like what, what, what is this? And I mean, just Bible study every day, catechism every day. Like it was a, it was an everyday class. So then we get to eighth grade and I'm graduating out of there and I'm like, okay, mom, now can I go to a public school? And she's like, well, I tell you what, you go to two more years of private school and then I'll let you go to any school you want to go to. Mm. So I went to Minneapolis Lutheran High School. No longer the doors are closed, um, but it was on 50th and Highway 100. So right now it's the Edina Community Center, mm. and we were the second floor of that building. So that was my high. That was my my indoctrination to the high school football was playing on this team that had probably 30 kids mm. on the team, grades nine through 12. So everybody got to play. Yeah. Uh, I remember going to the coach and asking him, does this have a weight? Do they have a weight limit here? And he looked at me and he's like, no, this isn't youth football. You can play any position you want. So I was mm. like, I want to play wide receiver. Okay. So I started playing wide receiver there at Minneapolis Lutheran, transferred to Washburn. Um, so were you were you big? If, if you're asking if there's a weight limit, were you like a red striper? Was I was I was pre-striped where they literally took the um like a like a like a car like tabs you put on a car they put Mm. that on the helmet to show that you could not touch the ball so it was it was humbling I mean I was trying to lose weight before games and because I was like I just want to run with the football (laughs) I just want to so I played offensive line I played defensive line you know as a little kid. Later on, I mean, it it, it helps because yeah. now I coach those different positions and I know those different positions. But at the time, it was like, no, I want yeah. to be cool everybody throws the ball to. I want to score the touchdowns. <laughs> yeah, for those who don't know, and I don't know if they still do this, but if you were over a certain weight in youth football, they put like a red stripe or a sticker mm-hmm. on your helmet and you could not touch the football which is a huge bummer. Like, I don't know. You look at the NFL and my Derrick Henry, I bet he was big. <laughs> Jerome Bettis, you know, he was big. <laughs> right. Right. And yeah. So, so how did that, so was it just football too at this point that you're involved in? Just football. Like I didn't want to play basketball. I didn't want to run track. The only thing I wanted to do was, talk football, watch football, eat football, drink football. Like I just always had a ball in my hand. Mm. Uh, I was going to be a professional football player. I dressed up like one probably four of six years for Halloween, just a different <laughs> jersey. This time I'm Walter Payton. Now I'm going to be Earl Campbell. Now I'm going to be Rick Upchurch. I mean, just just different, different people, um, which is which is funny because you think you know kind of the path and then you find out that that's <laughs> – you can still do those things, but that's not quite the path. <laughs> right, right. So how how did that go? You go O line, D line. Now you I get go. to finally play receiver. Yeah. So then I I can catch the ball and run around, and it's fun scoring touchdowns. Now I was on a team that wasn't very good, mm. so it we we had more success in my youth days. Yeah, and in the high school. Um, so my mom stopped asking how we did as a team because my freshman year we went zero and eight. Mm. 
Then my sophomore year, we went three and five. Okay. And it was one of those things where it really wasn't about winning. It yeah. was, just, I'm with the guys, we're playing ball, and I can just do this forever. I mean, winning would be nice too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, I mean, being hanging out with the guys was was definitely it. Then when I transferred, that was, then it was kind of like a, a, a breakup from something that's comfortable to mm-hmm. then. I transferred from a school of 200 students to a school of 1,400. And I don't know them because I stopped going to public school in third grade. Mm. Um, I'm trying to reacclimate myself with some people. And it was, it it was, so it was an adjustment. Yeah. (laughs) At least. Yeah. Yeah. So tell us about when you get to Washburn, um, what that's like kind of how you end your athletic career do you do you stick with football only i i broaden out the track nice um because it's kind of like well i can i can run so let's let's try this thing that we've never done before um i get a football scholarship to university of north dakota so i'm like okay this is going to be fun i'm going to be able to keep playing um the the Washburn community opened me opened up their arms and welcomed me in and voted me a captain and I mean just all of these things that mm-hmm. I was I was a new kid and so they didn't have to do that um, but they did uh, mm-hmm. and it was it was, it was awesome and then yeah. that's what <laughs> yeah and maybe you'll get to this later but even pausing to say you kind of having to make that move. And sort of being that outsider, mm-hmm. probably now as a teacher, you have more of an eye and more of a heart for that kid who may not just fit in or be in the in crowd. Exactly. I mean, and I can I, I see them. I myself um, teaching now. I wasn't a a great student, um, so I I try to tailor my style to the to the students that you know school isn't you know their jam i mean they can they can do it if you help them out but it's not who they are it's not their jam mm. um so i, I kind of see that i went up to north dakota to play football and literally so, <laughs> if we pause there i'm guessing the college decision for you was easy because you could play football there that so mm-hmm. not too much to and I didn't I didn't know much about the process. I'm a first first generation college student. So mm-hmm. mom went to a year of community college. Dad didn't graduate high school. So the whole recruiting process, the whole what grades do you need and like all of that was kind of, you know, um trial and error. Like I mm-hmm. so I, I had one scholarship. So that's where I wound up. I mean, yeah. I didn't think about going anywhere else. It's like, well, if they're going to give me money to come here, then I guess I'll go. I knew nothing <laughs> about Grand Forks, North Dakota. <laughs> I mean, I look back <laughs> at it. I just go, wow. Yeah. yourself with some people. <laughs> mm, probably somewhat of a culture shock from South Minneapolis yeah. to Grand Forks. Grand Forks, yes. 
Yeah. I had never heard of a snurt storm until I got there. And that's where there's not a lot of snow. So the ground is still, it's not covered. But so when the wind whips up and it whips this snow and dirt mixture that they refer to as snurt. And so, <laughs> yeah, I got, uh, got a lot of them. Okay. I like it. Now you know. If you go to North Dakota, you may have to watch out for a snurt storm. Watch out. Uh, so tell us, you know, what was that like for you going to college? Um, I I know some of it, but tell the people. <laughs> you know, it was it was difficult. I mean, coming from Minneapolis, I wanted to be my own person. I wanted to go up there and you know be you know, the, the, the African-American on campus. And truth is I had just come out of, you know, private school for a number of years, Washburn, um, the diversity isn't, you know, something that, that would be, you know, found on the North side of Minneapolis. And mm -hmm. so going to North Dakota was a little bit more uh, close to what I had been through than what I thought it was going to be. And yeah. instead of embracing that, I definitely tried to push away from that. Um, I tried to go alone, go it alone, and that wasn't good. Uh, I found myself not going to a lot of classes, which then that wasn't good either. Um, and at the end of, the, I, I, I was on academic probation coming in. So I graduated from high school in June. I get a letter saying summer school starts in two weeks. You have to go. So I pack up all my stuff. I go to summer school. They tell me, while you're here in summer school, you must get take two classes, six six credits, and you have to have a 2.0. So I say, how hard can this be to get two Cs? Well, when you don't go to class, it's really hard. <laughs> it's, it's it's super hard. I mean, it's 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 super duper. So I finished that summer 1.0. I got mm -hmm. the next letter that says. You're still on academic probation. If you don't pass and get a 2.0 with 12 credit hours this quarter, um, you may be asked to leave. That's code for if you don't get a C in all of your classes, we're going to kick you out. Yeah. <laughs> I got the D plus average. And next thing you know, they cut off the meal card. That that ID card was my um, key to get into my dorm room. One day I go to my dorm room. I can't get in. They're like, go to, uh, you know, uh, student services and find out what's going on. <laughs> it was it was like, well, you owe this money. You didn't get these grades. We're asking you to leave. You have 48 hours. I mean, it mm -hmm. was it was real. Like it was it was I, it was I thought it was going to be kind of like high school. And it, it, it wasn't. It was real world. Yeah. Yeah. College is no joke. When they send you those official academic documents, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, it's serious. Mm -hmm. And uh, I don't even I don't know if you if you want to touch on that, like for for, you know, people who are in high school that want to go on to college, like you get there, A, you were on a scholarship, you get to play football, you get to eat, you have a dorm, 
you mm-hmm. have friends, you know, you have all this opportunity. What did it feel like for you getting your card cut off and having to go back home? It was the, I mean, it was the rug just being pulled from underneath me. It was the, um, now I have to go home and people are going to ask what happened. People are going to, they were expecting something else. And now here is the new reality. And it was trying to figure out how am I going to, how, how am I going to get home? <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm five and a half hours away from, I'm closer to another country in Canada than I am to my house mm. like, and, and how am I going to get home? I mean, it was, and then when I get there, what am I going to do? Like it, all of these things swirling around. Yeah. And so you don't, you don't really want that speaking to the young, the high schooler, like you leave, like <laughs> you want to come home graduated, right? Hey, I started in football. Hey, I graduated. Uh, this is the job that I'm doing. It you you don't want to have to come. Hey, mom, can you pick me up? Because they kicked me out. <laughs> so it's like, but he, the the funny thing is like, you can't just flip a switch, right? If you right now, you're not going to class, you're not trying, you're not going to practice. And high school, like, it's crazy the amount of grace, I'll Mm -hmm. say, that you have. Mm -hmm. Your coaches, your teachers are forgiving many times. Mm -hmm. Man, when when you get to college... And there's money involved and there's spots on the team and spots in the dorm. Man, if you go there lackadaisically, mm-hmm. you can be coming home not the way you want. No. So pick us up from there in the story. So I, I and my mom was one of those filled with grace. Like she was kind of like, and she had said, you know, college isn't for everyone. So you yeah. can come on home. You're definitely, you're not going to just lay around. So you're going to either get a job. You're going to go to a community college. Like you can try other things, but you, you have to be productive. You have to do something. So I always look back at that and just go, she, I, I thought it was going to go differently. I thought my mom was going to bring down the fire and the brimstone and, and just rain it for years. But that's the total opposite of what she did. I mean, and mm-hmm. it was, it was like, okay, okay. Um, so I get home and again, everyone's asking, how did it go? <laughs> you know, oh, you know, it was, it was okay. I just got homesick. It was, uh, you know, cause you, you know, no one wants to be the one that left for two quarters, a summer quarter and a one fall quarter and now gets kicked out. Like mm-hmm. no one be that. So trying to hide behind that and, and deflect the shame, you know, from that uh, was a, was a process. It was it was a thing. But it, what it taught me was one: a lot of people, a lot of more people know me than I thought because people were just coming out of the woodwork. I thought you were in North Dakota. I thought you were in North Dakota. And then when I was working, I learned how to do hard things. I mean, I I feel like I've had pretty much every job 
that a person could have. I was working uh, a part-time and a full-time job at the same time. I, I even went and had two full times mm. at the same time. I mean, so it was it was it was hustle mode, you know. After that, yeah, and that's humbling. Like again, at one point you got your dorm, your meals, you got practice, you get all your equipment, like everything, and then you go back. You have two full time jobs, probably not making Mm-mm. a whole lot you're probably doing hard grimy work and mm-hmm. it's like man j- like it's not that like i love what you said about your mom how she didn't oh all this private school and all this that and you did that because when you mess up like <laughs> you know you mess up right you don't need if if you play corner and you get burned for a touchdown, you don't need your coach telling you that you got burned. It's like, okay, I know I messed up. Cool to see the way your mom like loved you through that and uh, pushed you still to get back. Like, what are you going to do now? Right. And that and was... That's, a- that's the thing in life, like things won't go your way a lot. Mm-hmm. Like you may have this plan, you want to play in the NFL. Well, you're not. So what what are you gonna do now? Mm-hmm. Um and that's such a good mentality to have in life. Like it's not like, oh, this didn't work. Now I'm going to coast for the rest of my life. It's like that didn't work. Now what? And you've got options at that point. What what is the pivot? What's the response that you're gonna that you're gonna come with? Mm. Mm-hmm. So where do you go from there? What I'm I'm assuming you're a teacher, so I'm assuming eventually you got a degree of some kind. Or maybe not. Hey, 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 if you are enjoying this podcast, I need you to do two things. One, go on whatever platform that you're on and follow the podcast. Rate us and review us. This will help the algorithm and help this podcast reach more people. So thank you. Then I want you to head to 1020words.com slash D-Y-A. T-E-N-2-0-Words.com slash D-Y-A. Check out our merchandise. We got hoodies, crew necks, sweatshorts, t-shirts, anything that you would want. Get some super comfy, stylish apparel and use code, all caps, D-Y-A-20 and take 20% off. Follow us on social media instagram at dear young athlete or on tiktok and instagram my account is at 1020 words if you're interested in being on the podcast or bringing dear young athlete to your school team or group simply head to the website and click the button that says bring dya to your team school or group 
and send me an email and I will look forward to connecting with you. Now, let's get back to the episode. I, I, and I tell my students when, when we share our stories, you know, because yeah. I came in as ninth graders, so they don't, some of them know each other and some of them don't, but none of them know me. And so I share my story. I was like, I'm the person, as you look at me as the teacher in the room, I'm the person that was kicked out of the same school twice. Because after being kicked out of North Dakota, I go right back up there in a year and a half and do the same exact thing. <laughs> and the and you, the kids' faces are like, you did what? <laughs> like, it's like, yeah, imagine that. Imagine that. And then I, um, so then I figured, okay, I'm done with North Dakota. I'm going to stay local. So then I transferred to Normandale. And at that time, Normandale still had athletics. And I, I was like, I just want to play football. So I literally went to Normandale, played football, and then stop going to class. And this is as a teacher on record, standing in front of the kids, telling them this. Yeah. And I find I find myself um, at working a stock market job. Um, a buddy of mine was a hiring manager um, in the IRA department. I had no idea what IRAs were. I didn't know the difference between a stock and a bond. I thought they were the same exact instrument. Um, but I knew he was hiring. So he gets me a job there and I knew, okay, I've really got to grind and understand this thing because now I am a reflection of him. If I don't handle my business, it will reflect poorly upon him and he's the hiring manager. And I don't want to be like the dead weight um, in the department. So I burn the candle at both ends. I, I dig into the, the IRS tax code on IRAs. I learn everything about it. Um, I have that. I have. I work at Piper Jaffray for about six years, moving from IRAs to client tax reporting, um, where there's about a half a million clients that Piper re- reported for. And then I moved to the trading floor, which is like for, uh, front row seats at a Lakers game. Like everyone wants to be there. Mm. Like that's the show. Um, I worked there for a bit, and then big business buys out little business. And next thing you know, UBS says to all the employees, if you're willing to move to Sheboygan, New Jersey, you can keep your job. If not, here's the severance package and good luck to you. So, man, two things you said there that I want to highlight. One is I appreciate you telling your students the reality, right? Because young people, they don't need so often older people are telling them, here's what you should do. Here's how you should act. As if we didn't learn from our mistakes and do a bunch of dumb stuff. And it's like, they need someone to be real. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, here's actually what I did and what my life was like. And maybe they can learn from your mistakes. You know, I like, I hope I can be real about my mistakes Mm -hmm. so that the young people that I talk to, they can maybe learn like, okay, he did that. 
So I'm not going to do that. Or you might have to learn on your own, you know, but a, thank you for being real. Um, no, I forgot the other thing I was about to say. Um, what did you say after that? Oh, yes, this is what it is. Is it bigger than you? That mm-hmm. is my question for anyone listening. Is it bigger than you? Mm-hmm. When you realize, hey, now my friend, mm-hmm. his reputation depends on me. Mm-hmm. Now I'm going to succeed because it was bigger than you. Mm-hmm. If it's only about you, you can quit when it gets hard. You can underperform. So you have to go, if you're listening, go find a purpose bigger than you. Mm-hmm. I don't want to embarrass my family or everything my family has done for me. I don't want to waste it. I want to inspire my younger brother, sister, whatever it is. Go find something that when it gets hard, you will keep going and you'll perform better because it's bigger than you. So I love that you you shared that example. So you work this corporate job, mm-hmm. company gets bought out. Is this where the teaching and the coaching comes in? This is the transition. Yep. I um <laughs> I'm working. So I get a job at Washburn coaching football. And so this is 2001. And this is my first year ever being a coach. So I have no idea how this whole thing works. And I'm super duper grown. <laughs> and so I'm like, okay, this is gonna be fun. And again, at the same time, I'm I'm working at Piper. I get let go from Piper and a buddy of mine who I played with at Normandale was a gym teacher out at Wyzetta. And so I apply out there to be a hall monitor. Hmm. Just get me in the door. Because again, the only thing I know is corporate and truly hard labor. So I've done, you know, youth camps and things like that when I was little. So I was like, I'll go work with I will work with kids. Like, you know, this is gonna be this is gonna be fun. And when I get out there, the current principal, um, Rhonda Dean says, you're going to be a teacher. Like you're going to go back to school. You're going to get your teaching degree and you're going to be a teacher. And I remember saying, Miss Dean, that's not for me. Like I've, Mm. I've tried, I've tried the school route. Like I did, like I tried it several times and none of them worked out. I'm just going to be the best hall monitor this school has ever had. And she's like, no, you're going to be a teacher. You're going to impact so many more lives as a teacher than you will as a hall monitor. And we literally fought back and forth because I'm like, how are you going to tell me what I'm going to do? <laughs> like, you can't tell. And like the students, I would see her down the hallway and I would turn and go the other way because I know she's going to ask me, have I registered for classes? And at that moment, I either have to lie and say yes or tell her the truth and say no. And both of them are conversations I don't want. <laughs> I mean, like, like I knew that. Um, but 
I, I enrolled back at Metro State or MCTC and Metro State. MCTC is a two-year school. Metro State's a four-year school. They wrote a four-year program that right after you finish MCTC, you just transfer into Metro as a junior and you just keep going. So they they wrote that program and um it was hard. Like it was, it was it school is easy when school is the only thing you have to do. But you know, when you are at by this time I've I've had two children, mm. um, and I'm working the full time, I'm going to school full time, I'm still coaching football, like I'm doing all of these things and still trying to to go to school. It was it, it was hard, but you know, you can do hard things. You can yeah. do hard. Amen. Amen. You said uh, three things that I think are so, so good. First of all, if somebody saw something in you that you didn't even see in yourself and they pulled that out of you and that, that is part of, I think, why we all exist in the world to see to pull something out of somebody that they don't even see is one of the most powerful things um, in life, I would say. I also like that you said, um, hey, I'm going to be the best hall monitor. Mm-hmm. And there's a, a scripture a verse in the Bible. And Jesus says, he who is faithful with a little bit will be given more but but if you're not faithful in a little bit who would give you more and everyone wants oh i want to be lebron oh i want to and it's like you want to be lebron but you didn't show up to practice or you want to be lebron but you have a ball and you have a place in your house you can dribble and you're not doing dribbling drills it's like if if you want to get somewhere you have to be faithful in that little bit and so you said hey i'm a hall monitor i'm a somewhat um humble position i'm not a teacher I'm not a principal, I'm not whatever, a dean, but who cares? I'm going to give this my all. And I would just say, it's good to have goals, aspirations that are higher, but like, if you do, then you better be who you are, be who you want to be right now. Do that right now, don't wait. And lastly, I would just say, like, man, when a door closes, mm-hmm. like, it may be hard. It It is hard, no doubt. But, like, your job ending, at the time, I'm sure it was like, dang, like, that hurts. But that may have been, like, one of the best things to ever happen in your life i wouldn't be here right we right here had that not happened and like you said at the time it's hard to see that but that that's that's just fact 
And that's why you just, you have to keep going no matter what. You can't, we touched on it earlier, but like, okay, it didn't work. Now what? Like, you can't give up because the thing that didn't work out may be leading you into something amazing. Mm -hmm. So tell me a little bit about what being a teacher and being a coach, what it means to you and just some of your philosophy behind. Well, for if you want to, before we get there, I'm assuming this time you finished school, <laughs> which is awesome. Right, right. And, and, you know, and I didn't finish 4.0, top of the class, number one student, but like I tell some of my students, you know what they they call the person who finishes medical school with the lowest grade. They call him doctor. Like I said, like I'm, I'm, I did all of the stuff and made it across the stage. And that's what this is all about. I made it. And now they are my fuel. Like they like I, when I see them, the, the gravity of I am working with the next generation of people like i'm helping them become who they are going to be and how they touch and shape the world i mean that's not lost on me that that that's every day and so it's it gets me out of bed it gets me here it keeps a smile on my face it, you know there are better days than others some day, you know some days are better than others but i mean it, I, I don't know why I thought that about Piper Jaffer too. I don't know what I would do if I didn't, if I, if I weren't teaching and coaching right yeah. now, it's, it's so, it's just what I want to do and be around people who truly want to learn how to be like, how to navigate life. Yeah. And it's a huge responsibility, but again, it's bigger than you. So it's like, yeah, it literally gets you out of bed. The alarm goes off and it's like, I have a purpose to impact this next generation. Like, I have to get up and go and do this. I love what it. I know is, what I know is they're going to be here. <laughs> like, like, they're going to be here waiting. and And it's like, we've created this bond now where they expect me to be there. And on the flip side, we've created this bond where I expect them to be there, be here. And, and, and we know both of us, we're, we're going to keep, we're going to keep our end of the bargain for mm. the entire year. Like, like we, we, we've said that. And so we're going to do that. And so, I mean, like I said, it's one of those, it's not lost on me, the importance, like it's, yeah. it's not, and I know we'll get into the uh, faith aspect of your story, but I, what I'm thinking of is uh, Jesus. He says, the kingdom of God is like a mustard seed. It's the smallest seed, but when you plant it, it becomes this big tree. And I think we think like, oh, God church all that like they they want me to be perfect and it's all about being some priest 
or something, but it's like God needs our mustard seed. He doesn't need you to come as a fully grown tree. He needs a tiny bit of faith. And you said like, I walked across that stage. Like I I didn't need to be the honors top of the class. That's great if you do that. I hope you do and all for you. But like you you gave a mustard seed. You know, you said like I'm giving what I have. It may not be perfect, it may not be what you have, it may not be uh this on paper great thing, but like I'm gonna give it what I have and then it's grown into a tree of you being the favorite teacher for all these kids. Probably the reason some kids in the same way that you get out of bed for them, they might get out of bed for you. Mm. They might know, man, Mr. Bird, he cares about me. He believes in me. I'm about to go to school because I don't want him saying, oh, where were you yesterday? And I say, I skipped so I could go play video games and whatever you do all day. Mm-hmm. So I love that. So talk to me. Uh, I follow your Instagram. I see you posting scriptures daily. I love it. It encourages me. Keep it up. Where is God in all this, in your story? To me, it's obvious he's had his hand upon you in your life, and he still does. Uh, But talk to us about that. Hey, are you a high school or college athlete looking to use social media to share your faith in Christ? If so, I would love to personally connect with you and tell you about our brand ambassador program where we can get you hooked up with some of our merchandise to rep on your social media platforms. And we can get you hooked up with a coupon code for your audience where you earn commission on any sales that come from your platform. Head to our website and click the button that says become a brand ambassador. I look forward to connecting with you and let's spread the good news together and do it in style. I started off like Jonah, you know, like I know I'm supposed to be doing something. Let me just pause. Jonah, God calls this guy, Jonah, hey, go preach to this city and the city is scary Mm. is wicked and jonah says no so tell us so when you say you're like jonah for the people that don't know that's it was one of those so i did everything i could not to and that's the bell (laughs) we are ending school i did everything i could not to go to church to not to be a part of faith and and now growing up 
from third grade on to 10th. I mean, like going to private school. So catechism, confirmation, you asked me a question about forward, backward. I had it when it was dealing with religion. I had it. And I was like, I'm not going to go there. Like, I'm not going to go to church. I'm not going to do this. And it was one of those, yes, you are. Yes, yeah, yes, you are. No, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do it. And when I wound up at Wyzetta, that would that's where this whole thing started. Because first um FCA came and approached me there. Um Fellowship, did, Fellowship of Christian yeah. Athletes, Faith-Based Sports Ministry. And it was Monday, it was it was Thursday mornings. 720, a group of maybe 15 different um, boys, girls. There are some track, there's some football, there are some wrestlers, there's some basketball. They're all in this room. Um, there's the math teacher, there's a science teacher, there's, there's a football coach. Like all of these people are around. And it was like, well, this is awesome. Like I don't, I don't know why anyone wouldn't be a part of this. And it was like, and then it hit me like, oh, I see what you're doing. I said I wasn't gonna go. You brought me here. You got me. I mean, it, and 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 that's and that's the thing. What I have, my relationship with God is that way, where I just kind of go, look at what you're doing to me right now. <laughs> like, look, like, look at what you're doing to me right now. <laughs> yeah. So in the story of Jonah, God calls Jonah. Jonah tries to go the opposite way. He He's like, no, God. And he gets on a boat going the opposite direction. Well, sure enough, storm comes. Jonah's in the water, gets swallowed up by a whale. And the whale spits him out. And And then he <laughs> finally is like, Oh, okay, I see what you're doing, God. And then God moves through Jonah. Mm -hmm. And um, I just, what you said to touch on it is like, you can learn all this Bible stuff, all this church, religious stuff. Um, but that's not the goal. Mm -hmm. The goal is... The God that created the world and created you, and therefore he loves you, he knows you, he has a purpose for you, he has your best interests in mind. That God is about encountering that God, not encountering church. Go to church, that's great, I'm a pastor, I hope you come. Read your Bible, I try and read the Bible in some way every day but we're not on here talking about a religion or a cult or any kind of weird thing i don't want you to become a church person whatever you think in your mind you have to change how you dress and if you play sports and all i'm not saying that i'm saying there is a God who loves you, mm -hmm. who has called you, who has a purpose for you. 
and I hope you encounter him. Mm-hmm. This podcast, I hope, is one way you encounter him. You going to FCA, LYZ, and saying, why wouldn't anyone want to be in this environment? Mm-hmm. It's because it was an encounter with the God of the universe. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those, as you said earlier, the mustard seed. He, What he expects from me is to every day just bring my gifts. They don't measure up to him, but just bring the gifts. And he is the multiplier. He's the one that says, if you show up with this, I'm going to do my thing and add this. And now together, everyone else will see why you are doing what you're, but, but it's, it, it's not you. <laughs> it's definitely yeah. not you because we've heard your story. So it's not you, <laughs> but you know, but, but I, but he could do it alone, but he would rather do it with me. Like he, like for whatever reason, he, he wants me to be a part of this. And I'm, and to say no, which I tried, but, and Jonah tried too, and you're still going to end up in the same place where he wanted you to go. So just go. Yeah. <laughs> so now that's the new philosophy. Right. I love to me the faith, the belief in Jesus is really it's not trying to be this, this, and this. It's saying, hey, actually, like I don't measure up. Like I look at my life and all the ways. I fall short of who God, like of God's ways. And yet Mm -hmm. he still loves me and he still wants to be with me. And that's the good news. And Moses in the Bible, if you, if you know the story, God calls Moses to deliver his people out of Egypt and they get to a big sea, this big body of water, and they got all the Egyptians coming at them. They're on horses. They have spears and bow and arrows. And God, could he not have just parted the Red Sea? He could have, but he said, Moses, put your staff in the sea. Mm-hmm. And when that happened, the sea parted and does god need us does god need you and me no but by his grace Mm -hmm. he wants to include god's gonna fulfill his purpose Mm -hmm. god's gonna get his people say Mm -hmm. and it's true Mm -hmm. but you get a choice to be a part of it moses stuck his rod in the sea and it parted. God's just saying, hey, here's what I'm doing. And I'm inviting you on the journey. Moses had all kinds of problems. He actually was a murderer. And so if you think, well, I'm not good enough. <laughs> I mean, Moses killed somebody. So I hope you don't do that. But I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. Nobody is too far off. Mm-mm. I mean, even even David, who he he loved David, 
David did some crazy shady things. Saul was not a great, and Saul changed his name, but still, and turned out to be like on Mount Rushmore of all, you, you. I mean, so it's not. That's the thing I try to. It's it's not you. It's not us. It's not. It's all we have to do is what we do and be consistent with what we do. Yeah. He takes care of everything else. Yeah, yeah, that's so good. I like mm-hmm. it. Saul, David, Jesus, yeah, Mount Rushmore of the Bible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love it. Let's let's transition. Um, when I made this podcast, what I said was, I used to think life was all about sports, okay. but now I know sports are all about life. Everything in in our sports is a lesson for life. So of the many, if you can pick one lesson that you've learned playing sports, coaching sports, that you've seen impact your life, what would that be? Um, and how have you seen it in your life? I've seen two. That one, that it, it's it, everything is finite like everything has a start time and an end time it doesn't matter what it is it doesn't matter the sport you play doesn't matter the job you have it's going to start and it's going to end and so what are you going to do in that middle piece like like and that's the question that's what everyone wants to know um i go back and i'm old school so i go i go i throw back to the to lupe fiasco where he's like if you are what you say you are you know, because people are coming to see you and they want to know what what's going to happen. So that 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 what are you going to do in that moment? And then just the now it's just all about response. Like when bad things happen, how do you choose to respond? Because it's a choice. When good things happen, how do you choose to respond? The people of this world are more intrigued and they want to know more about our response than kind of what led us and what got us there. They, they, they're waiting to see, okay, so this happened. What did you do next? Okay, this happened. What did you do next? So it's, it's how do you respond? You get beat as a corner. You get beat for a touchdown. Okay. Everybody in the stands saw you get beat. Now what are you going to do? Are you going to get beat again? Or are you going to say, you know what? That's the last touchdown that you guys score today on this side of the field. And if you want to score, go to the other side of the field. And then how do you how do you play that out? How do you make that happen? What is going to be your response? Yeah, that's good. I love that. Um things I I say like, hey, if you can't respond to a bad call from a ref or that your coach um, made a bad decision or whatever, or or the other team talk trash. Like if you can't respond on the field, on the court, what are you gonna do in real life when real problems hit you? When when you get a diagnosis that you didn't want, you get in a, a maybe a life altering accident or whatever i don't wish that 
upon anyone, obviously, but this is life in this world. Like bad things happen. And and if you want to know how you're going to respond in life, check how you respond on the field. Mm -hmm. So amen to that. That's good. I love it. So Tracy, Coach Bird, you are on the Dear Young Athlete podcast. So what I need you to do is give us a Dear Young Athlete blank statement. What would you say to your players, to a younger Tracy, Dear Young Athlete? You don't always have to know the next step. You don't always have to know the answer. You don't always have to be right. You just have to be willing to participate and willing to learn and willing to grow. And everything else will take care of itself. Stay present in the moment. Keep God first. And again, everything will just, every everything will take care of itself. I wish mm-hmm. I would have heard that. <laughs> That's good. That's beautiful. And even when you say that, it's like everything will work out. Will it work out the way you thought? Will it work out easily? Probably not. But like what we don't what are we going to give up? Right. Are you going to keep going? Um, Man, I love it. Beautiful. Do you have any last word for the people? The the last word is this. I, I, my Instagram posts, um, I was I was challenged by one of my pastors. Um, the ser- the sermon was about um, how you live your life, and if you were put on trial for loving God. Would you be found innocent or would you be found guilty? And so how you how you carry yourself and what you do, would would people think that you do or do not love God? Like how how, how do you present it? And so I kind of took that and I ran I ran with it. And so that's my that's my thing. I love it. Jesus said, Hey, if you acknowledge me. In front of people, I will acknowledge you when you stand before God in judgment. And if you don't, I won't. And, man, I want to be on the right side of that. So I'm with you on that. Amen. Man. Amen. Well, thank you, Tracy. Uh, This has been awesome. I know it's going to be beneficial a blessing to anyone that will listen so thank you peace you peace out and there you have it one more episode in the books of the dear young athlete podcast thank you for listening again check out our website our social media rate and review us make sure you're following because we have some great episodes coming up that you won't want to miss. I'll see you in the next episode. Peace.